Oh, hello. I'm Ryan. Oh, why, hello there. I'm Steve. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. That was a little too... Um, it was a little too good, Steve. It was a little too Kevin Pollock. Mm. been listening to mm. a few different podcasts where they are advertising for Kevin Pollock's new podcast. Um, he's a com- comedian, I He's guess? a comedian? He's an actor? Yeah. I don't know. He's in some movies that... He's he's one of those character actor guys. I don't know why you're bringing this up. Who's because that's how he starts his advertisement. Is, oh, hello there. I'm oh, Kevin okay. Pollock. I don't know. I haven't listened to his show. I haven't listened to his show either. I've only heard the ads. Right. Anyway, what's new, Ryan? I just want to say that Duplo is like Legos for little kids. <laughs> if we're going to be off topic. What is that from? It's from the Guitar Nerds. Oh right, right. That's better than that's better than Jew Love Fresh Squeezed 100% organic GMO free whatever whatever Florida orange juice. We have to tell you it's so good cuz it's so good. Simply Juice, the juice that keeps on juicing. Obviously the advertisements are working. We've remembered them. Yeah. Yeah. Good for those guys for making money. We make money, too. Only our sponsors are gear-related. Yeah. Suck it, boys. All right, uh, you got anything new, Steve? Uh, no, I don't. I just did, like, the double guns thing. That's that's new. Bang, bang. That's th- this new double guns is not new, Steve. It's new for me. <laughs> did you just learn about it, or you just decided to start using it? Just decided it? to start using it. Okay, well, you want to ask me what's new? I then? did ask you what's new, and then you decided to go into the stupid orange juice commercial. I've got earplugs. Are you? Are they in right now? Because you don't seem to be hearing me clearly. <laughs> uh, on an episode a few weeks back, I mentioned that I needed yeah earplug com- solutions. You were complaining about making yourself deaf. That yes, is true. And a lot of people suggested these uh, erasers. Mm-hmm. So I bought a pair. They're forty dollars. They're expensive Good earplugs. Grief. Can I take a look yeah, at? Yeah, take a look at them. Those have been in my ears. If you don't put them in your mouth, is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, these ones. Um, I remember these. I'm. Pretty shocked how good they are. They barely feel like they're in my ear at all, meaning that they're like very comfortable. And they just fit in there very nicely. Do these have like the swappable filter or no? No. It's just one one Yeah, they just as they come. But man, I tell you, you can hear everything with them in. I've been cranking my amps lately in ways that I never cranked them before because mm-hmm. it was too com- uncomfortable. Like you can see my amps are like right next to me when I do demos. Yeah. In here, and so I usually run them really pretty low. I can kind of juice them a little bit now, and be very comfortable and not get the bad tickle at all, but still feel like I'm getting the full frequency range hmm. and still be physically comfortable within my in my ear versus the the heroes that I had right. before, which right. felt like shoving like a corn cob in my ear. I need to find. So I'm assuming you're going to take those with you to Nam. Yeah, I'll take these with me. Yeah, I need to find some earplugs. I'm trying to figure out... Um, they don't go into the little part of your ear canal. They sit in the first initial opening. Right. right. Which is interesting. It took me a while to figure that out. I was trying to shove them in deeper than they needed to go. Oh, okay. Once I figured out, oh, they're supposed to sit in this area because they're yeah. that shape, then everything started making sense. Mm. But yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with them. I could I could definitely say that I support these things like right what what's the word i endorse them endorse them 
I don't have any agreement with these people. I've never talked to them in Erasers. my life. But uh, yeah, and they're and they're the right size for my ear too. The small, yeah. the small size. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're great. I'm really, uh, really pleased with them. I I need to figure out. I need to figure out how I'm not traveling like visit like from terms of transport, but excuse me, in terms of what I'm bringing into Nam. Right. Um, I think earplugs earplugs are like a pocket carry. Those aren't even. Those won't even go, but I'm wondering if I'm, if I want to wear a backpack, if I want to go light, if I bring a backpack, do I just want to dump it at the booth? Last year I was going pretty light. I wasn't planning on getting content on the floor for the most part. Cause I did, I did the first day of just getting content hard, yeah. and then I just smoothed right. the rest of the weekend. I didn't bring anything with me. I just grabbed like a bag from the orange booth right, every day and just threw stuff in there. And then, like most of it was just like, I don't care if I lose this. I'm putting it down places and not caring. And yeah, I'm trying to figure out like if I want to bring shirts on the floor, mm. or, like anything like that. Um, and if I do, then the question is like, how many? Like, what do I carry? Because I don't want to bring on like a full JanSport. I was thinking about maybe trying to see how many shirts I can shove into the music area effects bag. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a nice little compact backpack. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you know that I I'm going to be at a booth. You can leave. Yeah, you can leave yeah. stuff with me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but part of me wants to just bring the shirt bin and get rid of them all. You should definitely bring <laughs> as many stickers as you can. Oh, give one more shirt to me. I want to wear one of our shirts all three days that I'm working that booth. Okay. I've only I've only got two right now. Okay, so give me a third. And uh, well, what you do is you wear the first one. So, guys, keep an eye out for Steve on the floor at Nam. He'll give you something, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Uh, shirts or stickers. I may. Because we're moving over. For stickers for, yeah, if I'm going to be carrying stickers, then for sure I'm going to need a backpack. I think I'm going to have stickers at the booth with me. Like, yeah. come to the booth, and I'll have a pile of stickers, and you can grab a sticker. And we're going to have, we'll, we'll have some, I'll be on the floor some days. I think there's one day where you said that, uh, at least when we talked about it before, you wanted me to be at the booth all day doing meet and greet stuff not or something all day but, but you know if you got like most of it nothing to do come hang out at the booth and well it's you know, there's nothing to do rep I mean, you, you know. know rep the podcast because yeah, i'm going to be shooting demos sup y'all this is steve from 60 cycle hum you want to smoke a blunt <laughs> then you're gonna have to go get yeah, one because i don't have one <laughs> also this is indoors that's weird yeah, no one's no one's gonna be very Weirdos. happy if you do that here all right yeah so um i gotta figure that we'll figure that out that's offline yeah. offline chat you got anything else? Uh, my I got another Harley Benton guitar in. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, it's the uh, the uh, kind of like what are they, what do they call the the Catalina? Oh, uh, Cabernita. Cabernita. Cabernita like, is a uh, single knob with a with just a three way switch. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Well, it's kind of even that, simpler than that. It's got that style with the uh, with the Gretsch style pickups in there. I really like that thing. I'm I'm going to flat out say that I think it's the best of the three. Uh, Harley Benton guitars which is I've got that so far. one, which is the Mustang style and the Fusion, right? And the Fusion, which is like the uh, shreddy Floyd Rose is style. Your, uh, is that you think that semi hollow is ever going to show up? I have no idea. Uh, I ordered basically like a three thirty five style, right? And uh, they don't they they haven't had it in stock at all. <laughs> so I have I have no idea if it's ever showing up. We'll see, I guess. Uh, but I, the, I, the, I can the, definitely endorse that uh, that Telecaster style one that I got from them. That's great. One of the YouTube comments on that that cracked me up was the guy who's like, 
Oh, you got yours already? I ordered mine like a month ago. Oh, they're taking care of the Americans first. And I, I replied, like, some comment like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was it was like half joking. Sure, sure. But it, it was, was like... The guy was being funny. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, yeah, we've been waiting for this for like six months. Yeah, but to be fair, I was waiting for it to come with another guitar that apparently That's true. That's not true. been delivered to them yet. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I got to mess around with it a little before we uh, started recording. It's a it's a really uh, great natural player, really yeah. uh, light touch play to it, really resonant. Mm-hmm. It likes to be strummed. It likes to do lead stuff, and I think the pickups sound really good. Like, I'd be tempted to just scalp the pickups out of there and throw them in something else uh, someday. Throw it in the uh, throw it in your contemporary. Nah, I like the pickups in that too. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I it's a keeper. I'm gonna say that. I I can't say for sure that I'm gonna keep the Mustang style one. I'm probably not gonna keep the Fusion mm-hmm. uh, forever. Is that even? Is that no, it's up in it's the, up here. in my office. Um, but I think that the Tele one is a key. I, suddenly, I have all these Telecasters around. Yeah, and I'm not a Tele. Yeah. I'm not technically a Telecaster How guy. Many do you have technically three. Three plus uh, plus the Eastwood, which is a Telecaster yeah, configuration. That, that's in the other room. I've got all these Telecasters now. I, I could put a Telecaster style pit guard in the Titan too. Yeah, that's true. You have a Telecaster style pit guard. Well, it's a what a humbucker bridge, a humbucker. Yeah, neck. it's a mini bucker in the neck, and then a bridge Tele. I was thinking I should try to sell that pit guard now that I've got the uh, the Jennings. I don't ah. need that anymore. eBay. Or uh, reverb, reverb. No, I bet I could sell it in the Titan community. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, there's a Titan group. I could tell sell people you would sign guys. it. Tell them that your signature is more valuable than Doug Coward's. Tell signature. them that I won't sign it, and then they'll buy it. Uh, <laughs> Should we get into the first ad? Yeah, this first ad was sent by Kyle Jackson. It says a uh, guitar reverb pedal and preamp, Boss RV5 reverb pedal and LR bags preamp. A great combo for getting a good sound out of your flute playing. Finally. I can never nail that flute tone when I'm running into my amp, you know? I don't even understand. Like, how do you plug a flute into this? Well, the LR Bags has a XLR in. That's an XLR out. Oh, shoot. If there's an XLR in, I don't... I'm assuming that there's some sort of microphone uh, that is made specifically for a flute that clips on somewhere and then probably has a quarter inch out. Yeah, I have no idea. So it must be that sort of situation. Uh I just thought that this ad reminded me of the time I bought a delay pedal from a keyboard player. Was that the DD3? Nope. It was a DOD tape echo thing. Oh, the purple one. The purple one. I had that super long so ago. I think it's a F, is that the FX96 or the FX69? Something like that. I want to say I'm it was the 96. But I, I couldn't figure out how to get a good sound out of it because I just was not in the headspace and then time of my life to wrap my head around a tape echo. So I was like, oh, this is just kind of dark and murky. I'm I remember, get rid of it. I remember, well, that was when, during a time when digital delays were definitely more popular. Right. And I also remember you putting a battery in that delay. Oh, it sucked batteries so and fast. And then being like, I hate this thing. It only lasts like... 45 minutes or something stupid on a battery. Like, I think it was maybe like two hours. Well, those, those were the days when we, when I was running basically straight into an amp and I had a TU2 in between me and the yeah. amp. And that's it. And it would run on a 9-volt for like nine months. Yeah. And so you put the your 9-volt in that thing and between like Wednesday practice 
and Sunday church, you it would die. Yeah, I, I couldn't get enough time off of it to actually learn how to use it. And uh, and I was like, yeah, man, you need a power supply. Batteries are, are I was, like delays are awful on batteries. I was nowhere near the headspace of putting together pedal boards or powering things or anything of that nature. It's a totally different time for me. I bet if I kept that pedal, I'd be like singing its praises. Yeah, these days, but like, oh, it's such an underrated. Don't get a carbon copy. Get this. Don't the, get the, the new Strymon. This DOD is the tape echo for uh, you. Dodd. Dodd. <laughs> How many times were we going to uh, diss on the guitar nerds in this episode? <laughs> are any of them going to Nam? Um, I, mean, I, I imagine think Matt and JR. Yeah. Uh, Joe said in a recent episode, I haven't I haven't listened to every episode just because And Matt is right I'm out swimming. Uh Mark, I'm not sure about Mark. Mark, Mark. But uh but We said Matt I said Matt twice. Uh Joe said that he already traveled too much for the company in twenty eighteen. Uh-huh. And so he they won't let him travel anymore. Oh my gosh. They've like suspended his travel privileges. I don't know how accurate that is. I feel like that's me this year. Like I traveled so much last year, I'm not going anywhere this um, year. You know, but that's my own sort of thing um, that I'm imposing so on myself. We were we were talking about. I don't even know what I was talking about in some group, and uh, uh, Brant Miller was like, "So you coming to Gear Fest this year? What's it going to take to get you to Gear Fest this year? You? Yeah, me. Well, if you want to go, go. I know. I know you figure that out. It's not hard." We've got budget. Well, it's in not, the coffers, thanks to the inner circle. That for that side of it, it's not hard. What's hard is you know, hey Melissa, I'm gonna go to Indiana for like three or four days, right, right, or whatever. Take her with you. I actually, I could, I could probably organize. You got to pay for that out of pocket, though. Mm, I still might be able to pull that off. <laughs> it wouldn't be expensive. It's kind of a cute. No, uh, it's kind of like a cute area, and it's there's expensive. Like, it's Three additional plane tickets. I know, I know. Unless I drove. Leave the kids behind, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll just stay at home by themselves. Yeah, stay, leave them with the grandparents. My grandparents can't keep up with my kids. They're old. Your kids are that old? Jeez. Uh, my four-year-old is. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't wish a four-year-old on anyone. My four-year-old, <laughs> my four-year-old has the strength of a 15-year-old. Like My four-year-old weighs like... Uh, like 50 pounds yeah she's uh, probably stronger than me my four-year-old is l- quite l- might quite literally be the like one of the youngest children of our children's group not counting like the actual infants uh-huh actually not counting the actual infants she is like the youngest but she's also like the second largest. This is a children's group at like your church or something no like of our friends oh of our friends yeah I guess so. Like I think I think she's actually like the third largest, but she's the youngest. I honestly haven't weighed her. No, she's two she's a So anyway, she's a brute force not to be reckoned with. Whereas back to this ad, we've got a uh, an RV five. Two fifty two twenty five for this deal for R V five and an LR bags paracoustic DI. Do you know we went about way this? off topic for a I long know, time. Man. What is up with that? We're, this is the second episode of the night, and we've been drinking sevens and sevens. Mm. Uh, yeah, I have no idea if this is a good deal. It seems like the sort of deal that a flute player would try to like 
Oh my god! Push on you like, oh, I paid, I paid two fifty for these. I'm gonna make a real good deal, sell for two twenty five. Uh, these LR bags boxes are like one ninety new, but you can get them as low as one fifteen on Reverb. The RV five, mm. I think I sold an RV five recently for like eighty bucks, ninety bucks. I something mean, like they're that. they're in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. This isn't as poorly priced as I thought. But it's like but it's not great. I think they'd be better off parting it out, honestly, instead mm, yeah. of trying to sell them both at the same time. Like you're not going to find, uh, you're going to find a lot more guitarists looking for that digital reverb than flutists, flautists. Well, so what? That's the funny thing is like, so this is a acoustic DI for like an acoustic guitar. Uh-huh. Basically, it's like if you have a a pickup, no preamp situation. Right. You just have a basic passive preamp. Or a basic passive pickup, or maybe an active pickup that has no EQ controls. Uh, you run it into this, or like you know, you're using like a tiny little microphone. You run it into this, um, and then a Boss Digital Reverb. It's like a nice, like coffee shop acoustic rig. Yeah, and I bet a flute would sound great through these. Let's be honest. Do you think a flute would sound good for through these? I'm trying to think of the last time I heard flute in a musical context that I cared about. <laughs> oh, that you cared about. I'm seeing these microphone rigs for flutes. <laughs> oh, there's a Barkus Berry flute pickup. That's see what interesting. That looks like. Well, that comes with a preamp. That's Sam Ash. Have you heard of Barkus Berry? What is Barkus? Yeah, Barkus Berry's a pickup company. They're like a, like a general acoustic instruments pickup company. They actually built a piano pickup. Okay. That you would affixed to the bottom of a piano uh, harp board. And uh, and go from there. So they're known. They're they are like Barkus Berry. You're talking about like acoustic guitar pickup systems, like odd, uh, not odd, but like other stringed instrument, non guitar, bass pickup systems, like transducer systems, things like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm seeing various systems that go to an eighth inch or a quarter inch jack for miking up a flute or for having a pickup on a flute. I don't know, but it sounds great. Flute's a beautiful instrument. I I would love to run a flute through a pedal board. I bet at the uh, every year at the Earthquaker Devices booth, they have people coming and playing like harps through the pedal boards and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Maybe we'll see a flute there this year. Maybe, maybe we will. Let's move on to the topic. Yeah, this. I mean, uh, we've already been talking about it a lot because we're getting excited. It's it's this week, guys. But uh, this first topic is guitar related instruments. Mm, we wrote our uh, we wrote our topics in reverse order. Um, but that's okay. Oh, sorry, I flipped it. I just didn't remember that I flipped it. Uh, this first topic is is Nam necessary? It's from uh, Todd Malvano. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Basically saying, you know, in this day and age of digital, whatever, whatever, is name necessary? Well, that's not the specific question he asked. Let's see if we can pull up the the screen grab and actually... You grabbed a screen? I grabbed a screen. He says, NAMM 2019, is it really necessary anymore? Oh, then Mark Schwartz uh, chimed in and Mm -hmm. he said, for the consumer, not so much. For a company, it's a great place to network and find partnerships. Um, I think people, like the general public kind of loses sight of what nam is for right and because of that i think a lot of smaller builders and a lot of builders that have stars in their eyes and big dreams also lose sight of what it's for like you don't go to nam and you don't pay the extreme amount of money that it costs to display there to sell to directly to consumers 
to get right. you, to get you on the map for consumers to find you. It really is a place for builders to network with retailers. Like that's the core purpose of NAM. Yeah. I mean, the, and the, a lot of companies use it as a time to announce new products that consumers are excited about. Mm-hmm. But that's how they get the retailers excited about them. So I actually, the, reta- the retailers are like, oh, all these consumers are excited about this new thing you put out. Let's let's talk about you know how many orders we're going to put in this year. Right. And so I th- actually I think that's kind of what one of the things that changed. This year, and I, I don't know if it's happened in previous years, honestly, I, I but this year when it did happen, I was very aware of it. I wonder um, what it is. is suspense is uh, calling me. Uh, Strymon and Earthquaker both uh, did product launches, product reveals sure. prior to NAM. So instead of doing like what we consider the typical like, oh, at, Come come to Nam to see our new thing. Come to Nam to see our like new that's thing. The way it's been though, has it? I, I yeah. mean, I haven't really super been paying attention, but I know people. And you know, in the next in this week that this episode is published, and last week because we record this episode in the past. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that things get recorded in the past and then played in the future. You know, all sorts of other stuff has been announced since well, so the, since thing, those it, two products. Right, right. Well, it'll it'll be inter- kind of interesting, but I think that is something where. Because of, and this is kind of the root of the question of is NAM necessary, is it's about hype building. Oh, yeah. But what you're doing is instead of building hype off off of NAM by like, oh, we're going to announce this thing at NAM and like, you know, Premier Guitar is going to be there and all these different companies are going to be there, like film our stuff and whatever, which that's another thing it's really good for is is marketing. Sure. I mean, um, but the uh the broader that's a really interesting question anyway um to me um but uh the the broader thing is like now in the case of like Strymon and Earthquaker it's not a dealer going to the show trying to find out what's new at NAM putting out a thing maybe like maybe they have like a what's new thing and they're they're trying to run a news section on their website while at NAM. And so they go, oh, we went to the Strymon booth on Thursday, and here's pictures of the new stuff. It sounds really cool. And then they get 100 comments on their blog. And uh, so they have to go back on Friday and say, hey, Strymon, we need to set up a meeting because our, the people who shop at our store really, really want this product. Right, right. So let's figure this out. Now, Strymon is saying, this is what we're doing at NAM. This is what NAM is going to be about for us. The retailer is already fielding comments and whatever, like, oh, did you see what Strymon launched today? Yeah, when can I order this? When can I order this? When can I order this? So now they're already going in. They don't, Strymon doesn't have to wait because these dealers are going to be coming in and saying like, I want this. My people, my consumers are like banging on my door to get a product that I don't even have yet. Right. How do we make this happen? I think that's something that has changed. Sure. I mean, but still, in the, in the grand scheme of things, like, like Nam exists for those company retailer relationships. Yeah. If those if those relationships no no longer benefit from Nam anymore, mm-hmm. then we're going to see Nam dissolve. Sure, like it, Nam is Nam is never going to be like a thing like where it only exists for consumers to go and check out stuff. Well, Nam. Because there just isn't a, budget for it. Nam at a fundamental level 
has never existed for consumers exactly. to go check out stuff. And so that is so the Nam Winter Nam 2019. There is no public day. There has never officially there has never been a public I day. I heard that if you go to a food truck and pay someone fifty dollars, they'll get you in. That might be true. That might be true. I I've always heard that Summer Nam has a public day, but I also can't find that confirmed anywhere. I I think it's the last day of it or something like that. I went to that like two years ago, and yeah, there was a public day, but it's like Nam, Summer Nam's way smaller, like way smaller. Yeah. The other funny thing with Winter Nam, at least um, the years that I've gone and stayed on Sunday, Sunday's like the slowest day. It is. Sunday's the chillest day. It is. Actually, Sunday is like the best Winter Nam day. Thursday's probably pretty good, but Thursday's pretty Thursday's good. Thursday's pretty good. But Sunday, the problem with Sunday well, is like the first two thirds of, of Thursday are pretty good. And then everyone who's going to, who is arriving to be there Friday got there early enough that mm. they cram in on Thursday because they just can't wait. And then like it turns like to nonsense oh, okay. the back end the, of the The Thursday. one downside with, uh, with, Sunday is by the time Saturday is over, basically Earthquaker at at, at Nam, uh, they set up like a coffee station. They're doing like in previous uh-huh. years they've had like a pour over station in their booth, but on Sunday, basically Sunday is just all of the Earthquaker employees huddling over their coffee, like trying to not <laughs> fall over. Nur- it's not just them; it's it's everybody. Like, everyone's nursing the remnants of three days of hangovers. Yeah. So, so I mean, the downside of Sunday is like it's a lot. Like there are a lot fewer people there, but also all of the companies are just like. Why does Sunday even exist? Could we just end yeah. this on Saturday? I think everyone who exhibits at Nam wishes Nam was two days long. <laughs> just Thursday, Friday. Just Thursday, Friday, and then yeah, Saturday. Saturday's pretty, pretty <sighs> Saturdays, crazy. Yeah, everyone's been through the meat grinder on Saturday. Like we always go to a, a uh, an after party Friday, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, man, we're having oh cool!" And then you go to the after party Saturday night, and everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, like destroyed." Yeah. Just gone. We and I, are, I can't believe I have to do it again tomorrow. We're going to be recording at, at one of those after parties, right? Why not both? For our future. For, 4K no los dos. I mean, technically on schedule, we we could record two episodes at NAM. No, I'm saying we split the content between the two different parties. Oh, okay. That way we, we, we don't work so hard that at each party. we don't work so hard. Yeah, because we're going to need an episode uh, the Monday after NAM, and we're not recording yep. that tonight. Nope. Uh, so is Nam necessary, Steve? Um, I mean, but you could make a point that in these modern times, there is so much uh, direct like sales, yeah, like from companies direct to the to the audience to the to the final destination of their product sure. that all those companies don't need Nam. I would be interested in seeing for a company like say Orange, mm-hmm. um. What kind of sales boost or traction or whatever they get off of of uh, Nam releases versus like a GitCon release mm. or um, um, TGU release type of a thing? Okay, I would be interested in seeing. And obviously, for either GitCon or or Toman Gear University. Uh, those are pretty new things. There's not necessarily going to be numbers. Sure, sure. Or even something. I'd um, be more interested to seeing an, a NAM release versus them just taking a risk on like, oh, let's release a new product in April. 
Right, right. Well, I'm just thinking more in terms of like smaller trade shows like NAM versus like the AMP like show or something. LA AMP show. Yeah. Well, I've always I've heard really mixed reviews on that Me one. Me too. Or NAM versus like Sweetwater Gear Fest. Sure. Which Sweetwater Gear Fest is a retailer doing it. So that's a mutually beneficial arrangement. The only issue is that Sweetwater is only going to invite their builders, like the people that right. they are already supporting. And yeah, it's going to be a smaller thing. The idea with NAM is, you know, it's a one stop shop for everybody unless it's Behringer or apparently Mesa Boogie doesn't really, have a booth. Really, the, the person, the people who are going to decide whether or not NAM is worth it or not are the retailers. Mm-hmm. If the retailers say, like, why are we taking time out of our normal work schedule to send someone to Anaheim to make sales deals that they yeah. could make over the phone? When that stops, then NAM will no longer be useful. Well, and I think you're starting to see that a lot already because from what I've heard, like the actual organization has been pretty um, – aggressive in terms of like selling one they've changed the way for i say selling i'm gonna say oh you but the way they sell badges and people are gonna be like i thought you said you couldn't just buy a badge well you can't but the way they sell badges to like member companies or companies who have presented before has changed they don't give as many badges away as they used to right um they uh are but they're more aggressive like literally i I, you know the last couple years people have said that by the time they flew back home wherever home is they already had emails saying get ready for now next year reserve your booth now right where it's like they're like and and the general feedback from these manufacturers has been that excuse me the organization itself comes off as being desperate as Mm. comes off as they're trying to stem a tide of something um what, Interesting. And I don't know how the numbers have played off. I do know last year, there was, there last was year empty felt, space. Yeah, last, last year. year there was more empty space, but they did open a new hall last year. That's true. So there, that plays some of it, but it's not like there's a waiting list. So that could also be part of why they're being aggressive is because they have more room to fill. But last year overall felt more calm than 2017 did. I don't know if that's because I'm getting more used to it or because it was actually calmer. Hmm. Who knows? Let's move on the, to the next app. Knows? The, sh- the, the shadow, shadow knows. knows. Let's ask the shadow. the shadow. Let's get the shadow on the phone. Um, and he can tell us what he knows. He can tell us what lurks in the hearts of men. Yeah, he can. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by some sponsors. We have sponsors, Steve? Yeah, are do. they Duplo? Uh, they are not Duplo. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by... Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Oh, awesome. We love those guys. We We're going to be bunking with them here in a couple days. That's true. Uh, Sinusoid, they make uh, power cables. cables. They do make that too. They make uh, power cables and speaker cables under their Sasquatch. It's not a brand. It's their Sasquatch line. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are heavy-duty cables. Whoa. I don't know why. I did that. <laughs> That's weird. Interesting sound effect, Steve. Wow. <laughs> There's a good sound effect too. Hey, <laughs> heavy duty. <laughs> Speaking of fart sounds, this is a uh, terrible sponsorship we're uh, running right now. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, is on Netflix now. Is it now? Yeah, I'm gonna watch it eventually. Have you seen it before? I haven't. I was well, waiting, waiting for it to come to Netflix. There you go. 
Um, but anyway, uh, if you're looking for like a speaker cable solution or some kind of power cable solution, uh, check out the Sinusoid Sasquatch line. They're made to the same spec. Well, they're not made to the same specifications in terms of the components themselves, but they're made to the same high quality standards that you have come to expect from a Sinusoid product. If you haven't come to expect any quality from a Sinusoid product, you've never had a Sinusoid product. Exactly. Uh, oh, there's a tagline right there. There you go. Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. It's an, it, 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 they make cables. And smiles. What other sponsor <laughs> spot are we doing right now, Ryan? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, well, this episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. I knew you were going to do Chase Bliss. How did you know? I, it was in my head. I could, I could see it. It was a premonition. Mm. I was like, Chase Bliss? Chase well, Bliss? What do you want to say about Chase Bliss? Chase Bliss makes pedals that are more creative than you are. That's I mean, my that's tagline for them. I'm interested in seeing. I they've. I do they have something coming out at Nam? I feel like they do. They do. I forget what it is. I don't know what it is. I thought he told me, but now you I probably can't did, and you probably were like, "Wow, that's so incredible! I better drink a lot." Maybe, maybe I'm tripping it. though. Maybe I'm tripping. I mean, they just came out with a Dark World. They did. That was pretty recent. So maybe they're not coming. Nam has already cooked my brain, and I haven't even gone to it yet. There we go. Chase Plus Audio. They have uh, delays, reverbs, uh, drives, fuzzes, EQs, EQs, modulations, flange, trem. They've got that flange chorus. That's pretty much everything. Dirt box. 2019 year of the phaser. Um, go check out chaseplusaudio.com if you're looking for like basically a pedal that might be more creative than you are. We do any more sponsors Chase right Plus, now? Chaseplus pedals, go check them out. Do, you, do we want to split the other two for later? Well, let's do the other two later. Let's save the other two for later. Put them in our back pocket. Let's do another ad. Uh, yeah, this, this ad is... was sent by Jason. Oh, did you want to talk no, about no, it? No, 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 Steve, you this do your thing. This ad is sent by Jason Weiser. It says... Uh, the uh, seller, I guess, says, I think this amp has blown a capacitor or something, so it will need some repair. Great amp for gigs and beginners if it was function. Oh, and then uh, the person who posted this, Jason Weiser, adds on if it was functional. So we don't have the actual ad. He was just paraphrasing the ad. And yeah, he, he took a screenshot. A screen grab. Yeah. $20 for a non-functioning with the chassis already removed from the cabinet, which is two-thirds of the work. Right, right. Uh Gutted crate GFX 212T. Is a $20 2x12 speaker cap? $20 2x12. It's basically what we have back here. I think Steve is going to try to. Are you really going to try to pull it out right now? Oh, man. Talk about how much you love this amp. I, use, this I use this cabinet all the time. Why? Because it's the only 2x12 cab that I have, and that's way more convenient than hauling out my uh, 4x10 uh, PV that I have. It's light. It gets loud. It gets so loud that it's torn a hole in the speaker. But it sounds it sounds fine. That's my review of it. It sounds fine. Steve is holding up this, this cab. It's basically the exact same thing, right? This is exactly the same thing. I just removed the grill cloth because it was super torn was up. Was it the same amp? This is the same amp. The same exact amp. This is the same amp. The, and then uh, I did make one mod. That's wow. That hole is really big. It gets big bigger now. every time I play it. Like the the volume of me playing rips the hole bigger. One day it's just going to completely rip out. Uh, but you didn't. You made a wood back panel for it. So it's, it's funny to me that you made that perfectly fitting closed back panel on it, and it's like technically got a big front port on that cab. Like it's not. 
like with the closed back cab, you're trying to get like increased air pressure inside the cab for a different sound, but it's got a gaping hole in the front. So it's like kind of self-defeating. You could have just left it open. I'll wait for you to get on the mic to defend your, uh, your position on that. If you even have a defense, Steve, you're putting the room. That's actually not true, Ryan. Okay. Tell me why it's not true. It's actually really common design in base amp cabinets. Well, to have a closed back with a front port. You did put it together for use with bass. That's right. Man, my goal was to increase the bass response by closing the back okay. so I'm not losing low end out, okay. the, out the rear. So you're not a lunatic then? I'm not a lunatic. Okay. We've established Steve is not a lunatic. Also, because it's a cabinet, uh, what I, part of that too was um, that was how I mounted the, um, the quarter inch plug. That, Granted, like you could, I guess, hang it off of wherever. You could have done a partial back panel. On you it. could do a partial back panel. I could have just done what you did and not connected to anything, and then f- just fry my amp. Too soon, Steve. Too soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I did that at home. I took a bunch of measurements. That's actually like a. I think it was a long time ago, but I think that's like three eighths or half inch birch ply. So that's like the, I got it from Home Depot, but that's the same type and like plot a type of ply that was used for like mesa boogie oh yeah uh speaker cabinets. the back panel is higher quality than the rest of it but <laughs> the rest of it's mdf i mean you got that for free for free he paid 20 dollars for his still yeah. screaming deal for a 2 by 12 cab that will freaking move some air i can't vouch yeah. for like the quality of the speakers i don't know if, if i put better speakers in there if it would improve like the audio quality of my live show. I think they're perfectly acceptable OEM speakers. They're not, they're not like super loud. They're not ama- incredibly efficient. Sure. Um, but they are like, they're, so they're the same speakers that like Ampeg, I think, was using in a I'm, bunch of stuff during the same era. When I use that thing with the acoustic head on it, I am definitely the loudest thing in the band. And I don't turn all the way up. Well, I mean, you could run the. I don't even get. I probably don't turn up over two. You could run that acoustic head into like an eight-inch speaker, and you would still be the loudest person in your band. It would melt down. It would glow, burning hot red, (laughs) and then catch on fire. Uh, So yeah, he. I think Jason was making fun of this ad at first. And then I think he thought about it through a few comments, and then he ended up going and buying it. Yeah, no, it. it was kind of like, it seemed like it was posted like kind of as a joke. And it, it kind of is. Like, at first glance, you're like, wow, you're that's dumb. Also, if you just think it's like a blown capacitor and you already took it apart, like, why didn't you fix it? But I, myself and several other people were like, dude, $20 2x12. Yeah. Like, if you've ever been interested in just moving air, this is your chance. Yeah, seriously. That or like eat a bean burrito. <laughs> hey, yeah, I vote for throw the amp away. Don't even try to fix it and just use this as a cab for sure. Well, I would wonder too, like if the, if the amp powers on. So the reason with this one, I, I didn't have to remove the, the chassis from this. Right. Because the guy who owned this um, had removed the amp in order to use it as a recording preamp. Oh my gosh. No freaking joke. Like he was trying to treat it like a rack amp or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. For like a, his pop punk band. Of course. Who <laughs> did you you know who I'm talking about? Um was it Ben? No, it was Casey. Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't know. Who that. was in who was like the guitar player for Ben's band. Not Casey Babcock. Oh right, right. No, I know. Yeah. 
I thought it was Little Ben for some reason. No, well, no, it was Little Ben's friend. People we've never mentioned on the show, and there's no reference for them. What if they listen to the show? I'd be surprised. I would be less surprised. Because Casey was playing on the local scene for a long time. I'd be surprised if Little Ben was listening. Yes, I would as well. Yeah, we won't get into that. Um, so yeah, twenty bucks, no brainer. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have gone to pick this up for because I don't need it because I've already got one. Yeah, because oh, yeah, you've already got one. <laughs> Maybe I could get it to replace the speaker that's slowly tearing, but I kind of want to see what happens to that speaker. I want to see it slowly tear and just become non-functional. It kind of uh, goes well with the aesthetic it's of my get band. There, it's uh, the my only well. I was going to say, if it tears, it could like I cause some that, issues and damage the amp, but I don't even think that's true. I don't think that's true either. I think uh, the amp will survive no matter what it's connected to. <laughs> I shouldn't say that with my history. Yeah. Um, you really shouldn't. Uh, do we want to do the next topic? Uh, yeah, let's do the next topic. And then we'll bookend it with some more sponsorships. Let's do that. Oh, make actually, it, I guess make before, that you, money. before we get to the next topic... Um, did we mention on the last episode that we're shutting down the YouTube Patreon um, and we're going to a single podcast Patreon for all of our housekeeping? Yeah, so everyone on the $10 level will be in the inner circle. That's right. That's and right. And so that it's not this confusing thing for us anymore where people don't understand why they joined on one Patreon and it didn't get them into the inner yeah, circle. Yeah, so uh, if you'd like to support our show directly th- – through financial means, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast. Uh, and that will take you to our Patreon page. You can support the show for as little as $1 a month at $4. You're basically giving us a cup of coffee a month. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good. It supports the show. We talked about it. I don't drink coffee. We talked about it. Um, (laughs) You drink booze though. (laughs) We talked about it a little bit going to things like Sweetwater gear fest, uh, winter Nam, summer Nam, uh, different things that, we that just Ca- make this we've, show run. We've gone to Cowerfest before. Yeah. Sometimes there are things that make this show run, and sometimes making this show run means uh, justifying to our wives that this is a at least a zero-sum game at worst for us. So Sometimes um, we uh, appear to make what looks like minimum wage when we pay ourselves a little bit. Yeah, and then Ryan factors in all of his additional editing time and realizes that's a lot. And then I get very sad and I sit on the ground for a while. (laughs) But seriously, though, if every single person who listened to this show and watched YouTube videos from us donated a dollar, one dollar a month, it would literally be life changing for me. And it would be life affirming for Steve. Yeah, yeah. It would validate. I would your, have to do something. It would validate your existence. No, I would. I would have to do. Something it would change our less than. I would have to do something more than be like, oh, I'm saving up for a fun guitar at the end of the year. Like that would be if a every, game changer. If every single person who consumed content from us donated a dollar, it changed my tax bracket. I'm just gonna say it. I don't think it would change. And then I'd be paying. And I'd be paying more money to the government, which puts. Asphalt on roads and teachers in schools. Do you want teachers in schools and you want them to be able to drive there on the roads? Why aren't you supporting us? It's basic trickle down economics, guys. Civic give money to Ryan so you can have better roads. How am I going to pay my taxes if you don't give me money? Anyway, I'm going to (laughs) promote the inner circle or some level of crowdfunding uh, every week until we hit 100 patrons. Right now we have 56. 
And then I'll stop talking about it except when we have new ones, which is our promise to people who support that I will name you on the show when you join up. All he right. wants that hundred I'm already getting tired of that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next uh, topic was sent in by Emily Harris. She wants to know something about things. She asks, guitar-related instruments you'd like to learn, like the oud or the pedal steel or mandolin. Is it pronounced oud or ode? Who cares? Okay. <laughs> I've always wanted to learn to play the banjo because mm. I'm I'm not obnoxious enough as it is. <laughs> that was that was uh, the same instrument that my I remember when I was a kid. My dad saying that it, he was like, if I had time, I would learn how to play banjo. Now he's retired. I feel it's like there's a part of me that feels like oh, I should just buy him a banjo. They're not expensive. They're not for like a like a during good time is like what, a couple get hundred him bucks. A banjo lately. Because the learning curve is real small on a ukulele, and it gets in that banjo sound and experience. I don't think it's about the sound. Like I think it's like he about wants the, the banjo. Whole, he yeah. wants the. I mean, I don't think he would necessarily banjo. know out the gate, but you know, I think he's like he would want to be on his tablet, going like how to play banjo tutorials. Mm-hmm. I think banjo is mostly right hand technique. You get that banjo rhythm going, and then you just. Get your left hand to keep up with it, you know? Yeah. Just keep moving with the left hand because your right hand is doing the work. It's doing the dance for you. Clearly, the good time is not the Deering banjo I was thinking of. There's a cheaper one because the Deering good time is $700. I don't know. I uh, the the From what I've heard, the good time like is never fully in stock. Like Those things oh, just really? fly out the door. So the price might have gone up over the years. Mm. Um. Maybe that's not the case anymore. I don't know. I've always wanted to learn to play the mandolin, too. I like ukulele. I like uh, tiny instruments for some reason, even though I'm a big boy with big hands. And the mandolin is kind of like the small instrument, if you think about it. Because yeah. you're, you're doubling up strings on there. Mm-hmm. you got eight strings in a space that's smaller than a ukulele. And they're heavy steel strings, so it's like mm. an extra level of difficulty. But that's it's got that sweet, sweet tone, you know. Mandolins sound great. You know, the Deering Good Time is four is four ninety. Okay. And the Deering Good Time banjo ukulele is also four ninety. So I don't know what I was thinking of that was, I thought was cheaper, but I don't know, man. Anyway, yeah, uh, for me. I don't know. It's not a. I don't. I, I mean, we're talking about stringed fretted instruments here. Yeah. That would be relatively easy to move over to if you've already kind of mastered or are familiar with guitar. Man, I feel like steel guitar would be really fun. But like lap steel, or you want to go full pedal? Like full pedal. I had a lap steel for a while, and it's a different beast, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, and that's the thing. It's, I feel like it's easier to jump over to mandolin or even banjo. Than to lap steel. Well, it's, it's a completely different technique. It's not just like relearning the note positions, but now you're not playing horizontally. Like, you know, you're talking about like mandolin. Like my uh, my daughter has a half-size violin. It's a completely and, different like, way of thinking about it too because like with a mandolin and with a banjo, you can still like lay down some chord shapes. Yeah. You're thinking about it completely different with a lap steel no, or a I pedal know. steel. No, I know. Well, and also like, you know, with the violin thing, like I could take my kid's violin and hold it like forward up here right, like, right. with a guitar pick and like pick out some fun stuff already. Like, 
I had a good time once uh, messing around with a cello. I know it doesn't have frets, mm -hmm. but I feel like I could get into cello. Have a good old time with cello. that. Cello. Cello. All you do is you take it and you turn it and cello, it's a bass. <laughs> you think you'd ever want to get into like stand-up bass or anything like that? Um, I mean, I just can't fathom it because they're so space- Space. Well, you get one of those like electric ones, just like playing a blue. Yeah, that's true. I have thought about getting like an electric one, like up and down. I, I see them every once in a while. I go, like that would be really cool. I stand behind it for like thirty seconds and realize that I'm not standing in the right place and I don't know where the right place is. Right, right. Um, but that is would be cool. Phys it's still a physically imposing thing to play because oh, yeah. you're just like out like this. Yeah, I'd be down. To I I would. I think I would enjoy that. But that's not. That's like. Not really learning a new instrument. It kind of is, though. It's it's a it's a different it's a different technique, but the strings are the same. It it's the same as playing electric bass as if you just put six strings on a harp and told someone to like who plays guitar to knock themselves out. Well, I guess you can still fret the bass strings. There's just not frets. Like, you can hold them down on the soundboard. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what it's I'm. It's pretty different. I, I, what I'm saying is. The tonality range is still there, and you're still trying to hit, like, the same kind of bass lines. What I'm saying is it is different, but because the the instrument. the inst I would say that the instrument itself is similar enough that. If I was given an upright bass and like an, an hour a day to work on it, like I could play upright bass live two weeks from now. Nothing complicated, but like I could do church music on an upright bass in two weeks if I was given one and didn't have to. I like, feel like that's ambitious. I and didn't have to juggle kids. Sure, we used to have an upright bass at the church. I know I, the K. I'm pretty sure I, I know Adams played it, that yeah. for a service. I think I may have played it for a service. For a full service. Yeah. Adam's definitely played it for a full service. Right. And that's just an instrument that was sitting around the church. Yeah. That we sold for like 800 bucks. Should have bought that thing. Just have it as furniture. Yeah. Well, I, I think, that, I mean, it, that sounds really cheap. I actually think that was like all it was worth, but it sounded like a lot of money at the time. It did. It was a cool one. It though. was an old one, It was, but it was a K. It was a K. Every kiss begins with okay. K. Boom. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Upright. I I think I would lean lap steel. I sh I mean, I'm still supposed to be learning how to play ukulele. I just don't get that thing pulled out nearly often enough. Pull out your ukulele, Steve. I know. I need to. It's only this big. It's big enough. Mm-hmm. Gets the job done. <laughs> uh, I would have thought it would be fun to get a resonator, which I know is te mm. technically a guitar, but it's like. The tonality is so different, and if you have it set up for slide, that's like a whole different thing. I don't want one set up for slide. I want a, I want a fretting one. Right. But then, like, the opportunity for me to actually ever play one. I mean, that's really the deal. Like, yeah, I could go, I could go get a mandolin easy. Mm -hmm. I could go get a fiddle easy. Mm -hmm. I could get uh, what was this thing I was just talking about? A, a, a resonator easy. Yeah. I have no purpose for it. Mm -hmm. I have nowhere I'm going to use it. I have ukuleles that I only just play at home. I don't have any use for them, like performance-wise or songwriting-wise or recording-wise or anything like that. 
And that's really what it comes down to is like, do you have a use for these things? And these days I just don't. Right. Every time I go on a camping trip, I wish I had a banjo. Because you want to I just want to hang out by the campfire and play banjo. Scare city folk away. There we go. That was a hard thing to say. Scare city folk away. Say that 10 times fast. Scare city folk away. Scare city folk away. Scare city folk away. That was you said it three times. That's enough. Um, <laughs> well, you know, Ryan, if you had that banjo, I bet you could get your strings from Daddario. I could get them from Daddario, yeah. Steve. And speaking of Daddario, this this episode is brought to you by Daddario XL Strings, which I'm holding right here in my left hand, Steve. Uh, they have six different models in their portfolio: the nickel wound, the pro steels, the half wa- half rounds, the pure nickel, the chromes, and the EXP coateds. The EXP coateds are they're a coated string. They're coated. They coated them. They're uh, coat. The Diodario XL lineup gives you... I said Diodario again. Diodario XL lineup. Diodario. At least that time I caught myself, not you. Uh, It gives you like a wide variety of of build styles. You know, again, like steel or half round or whatever uh, that uh, allow you to find the perfect feel and tone for your playing style. So whether you're looking for a bright tone like the Pro Steels or the Jazzy Mellow of the Chromes... Why am I moving away from the microphone? I don't know. Daddario delivers industry standard quality up and down their string portfolio. They're made in the United States. You know where they're made, right? New York? They are made in New York. That's New right. York City? Get a rope. <laughs> get, some, get some strings. Get some strings. Uh, so head over to Daddario.com to find the XL string that's right for you. Yeah. I use them. Yeah. I've I, been using this. this I is, use them too. Those this, are the EXL 110s. This is a 10-pack. I've used six of them already. I yep. bought this pack. That proves I use them. <laughs> proof. It's proof. It's physical. Pro- pr- it's pro- physical proof. You probably need to buy some more because you got a lot I of guitars do. to restring. I actually do need to buy some more because I need to catch up on my restringing soon. Uh, who else is this episode? This brought episode's to us by? also brought to you by you, the listener, the viewer, oh, of course, uh, by Gun Street Wiring Shop. Ah, uh, Gun Street. Uh, Sean at Gun Street is super responsive to email, and he will work with you. To put together, is he the only guy who answers emails? That's the only person I've interacted with. Is Sean? Um, anyway, if you have like some ideas, maybe you have a Les Paul like me, and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not sure what I want to do. Well, say tell him, tell him what kind of music you play. Tell him kind of what your sound is or the sound you think you want, and he'll shoot you some ideas of like what might work. Or just say, hey, get one of our off the shelf fifty styles Les Paul kits or whatever. They got Telecaster, Stratocaster, basses. You know, if you got a electrical guitarish instrument you can probably put something together for you yeah he'll hook you up yep he's got all kinds of crazy ideas i'm working on some stuff with him right now behind the scenes Are i you? can't wait to put together Are you yeah all right should we hit this last uh ad and yeah get this last ad here? was sent by aaron abubo it's on a uh, reverb this is a keely compressor pro signed by ron keely Signed by good old Ron Keeley. Here's my Keeley Compressor Pro signed by Ron Keeley. There's a blemish on the front Ron of this unit. Ron Keeley. It's uh, picture number three. Email me with any questions. Thanks for looking. Uh, and uh, Aaron messages him and says, is this signed by the real Ron Keeley? Uh, yes, it is signed by Ron himself. It's the last pick. I'm guessing if you sent Ron the last pick, he could verify. You know what? I, I, a pedal signed by Ron Keeley is pretty cool, but I mean, I've always wanted to get a pedal signed by uh, by Joseph Scott. 
Oh, good Joseph Scott. Good old Joseph Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Josh Corte over at Chase Bliss. Josh Corte. You know, Josh sponsors the show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Chase Bliss. They're sponsors over this very program. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I like uh, Juan Cusack's pedals. I'd love to have a pedal signed by Juan Cusack. I don't know if that really fits with the joke since Juan is just the Spanish version of the name John. Ah, you killed it. Steve. I mean, that's like if I said, "What about what about uh, Rich Matthews over at uh, Matthews Effects?" I mean, Rich <laughs> okay, and okay. Rick are—they're pretty close. They're all pretty close, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure out one for Grant Wilson. Um, uh, Graham, Greg Wilson. Oh, Graham Wilson. Graham Wilson. I love. Wilson. I'd love to get a pedals. I'd love to get. Uh, I'd love. I'd love to get a woodcutter signed by, signed by Graham Wilson. Graham, good old Graham Wilson. Good old Graham Wilson over at Big Ear. Yeah. Uh, have you ever gotten a pedal from Lisa Wright from Pelican Noise Works? <laughs> Lisa Wright. <laughs> Obviously, we're just having fun with the fact that this person doesn't know who Robert Keeley's real name is. Yeah. What real Robert's real name is is Ron. Ron Burt. Ron Burt Keatley. And there's really nothing else to this ad uh, other than the fact that we've, we're probably scalping it off of Aaron Abubo from using it in his podcast. They recorded after this was posted. And he posted this in our group. So it's, it's fair game. It is fair it's game. It's fair game. Thanks, Aaron, for giving us uh, content for our own show that you could have mm-hmm. used for your, for your show. Yep. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Thanks. Uh, everyone for watching this show, leave a comment. Tell us how we wasted your time or whatever. <laughs> That's not our fault, if they, man. If they're going to do that, they're going to do it in the first couple of minutes of the episode. I Steve. hope so. Um, Go support one of our sponsors. Buy some strings. Buy a thing. Buy a buy, buy a, a thing. Buy a, a wiring harness. And tell them that uh, we sent you exactly. Uh, this week's song was sent in by Tune Warrior. I don't know who that is. Sounds cool. This though. person did not say what their name Sounds was. Sounds extreme. Uh, he says, or she, I guess I don't they, really know. Steve, they, that's fuck. a non-gendered This is right my there. take on the sort of, quote, modern rock or indie rock of today, but I had no interest in recording that sound without a substance, unlike so many of the bands in that genre. Despite what I was going for, though, I like classic rock way too much, and it shows, I think. Uh, also, one of the only songs I didn't write a guitar solo for. So uh, this song is called Lost Lucid Dream. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah. Bye, everybody. See ya. I am a specter drifting before the life and empty. Fall victim to the lies of a soft, sweet memory. The thoughts between colors on the final sweet dreams. I look into some distant stroke like it still it seems. I can't fit on the loose and I would glass on my But I just can't seem to find One that feels so whole Where compassion once lay But the hourglass falls with too dismay Yeah, I'm 